there. Welcome to You're Doing Fine, Oklahoma, where we explore mysteries, hauntings, and family secrets from the great state of Oklahoma and beyond. I'm Shy. And I'm Shanna. We're wannabe mystery solvers and cousins that love to hash out our favorite whodunits during family time. Our husbands are afraid of us, as As they they should be. be. How's it looking? Looks good. We Looks our, good. We got our peaks going. Got all the peaks. All of the peaks. Do we have all um, nasal passages cleared? No, that's vocal not. Vocal cords. Mm-mm. That's not ever going to be an actual expectation for oh, okay. me. So I'm <laughs> just letting you know now. Just going to make sure we sound okay. Um, yeah, we're fine. Okay. We're good. We're good. Okay. So shy. So Shanna. Are you ready to talk about true crime? Yes, I am. Please. Are you comfortable in your sitting arrangement? Yes, I am currently. Okay. I'm not. Um, <laughs> it's fine. Fix the little tray. I'm just sitting on my leg and that's going to turn into a dead leg situation here in a minute. Back. Ooh, we don't want dead leg. No. Okay. Let me get comfy in my beanbag chair. Oh, there we go. Okay. Lost a Thank sock. goodness for teenagers and their beanbag chairs. It's fine. Oh, here we go. Okay. Yeah. This is what the purpose of this lap desk is. Yep. Alrighty. Exactly why I got it. Okay. I love it. I love this. All right. Let's do this. Okay. You want to do an 80s true crime? Yes. <laughs> Since that seems to be what I'm a little bit obsessed with these days is like... Random 80s true crime. And through my current murder data project that I'm working on. Yes. Top secret. But I'm telling you now. Thanks. I found so many things. Okay. Not things. Murders. Right. That I'm like, WTF. What? This is a nightmare. What? And how has no one ever heard of this? What? Yeah. Okay. So it's like a whole thing. Okay. Okay, I'm ready. Let me sip one, one tea, and then we're going. Yep. We're going to dive right in. Kind of. A little bit. Make sure those vocal cords are nice and lubricated. (laughs) (laughs) Gross. Don't say lubricated. Barf. Well, it's the truth, isn't it? It's just gross. Would you rather me said moist? No, I would prefer lubricated. Okay. In that. If those are my only two options, let's go with lubricated. I'll stick with lube. Perfect. Love it. Okay. This is going to be a little rough. Oh, Lord. Okay. And I'm telling you this in the beginning Mm -hmm. so that we don't get any hard judgments of misinformation or clusterfuckety information that we've had to put together. Okay. Can I just say that the amount of information that is out there on these crimes that we research? So little. So little, but then sometimes you're like, well... Sometimes you just have to make the connection. Yes. Between, like, two news articles or 
um, tidbits of information from, like, history books and yeah. shit like that. Like, you have to make try to make an educated guess. Yes. So, yeah. we get as close as humanly possible from the information that we're able to find. Yeah. Um, but until there's actually ever a time when victim information... Not personal information, not but more personal about, information, but more information about like what's actually coming out of the case file, right? Yeah, yeah. instead of just oh, this. Let me tell you for two hours about this awful serial killer. Yeah, you know? and as I think, as long as we're trying to do stuff that no one has really heard of or like more obscure crimes, yeah, um, that's just going to be the situation. Yeah, right. Yeah, we're just going to have. Little to go on, hopefully, but still, you know, do do it justice and be yeah. able to tell the stories. We do the dil- due diligence that we can, yeah. and we use what we have. So, yes, it is what it is. It's going to be fine. It's going to be great. Everything's fine. We're fine. We it's are absolutely fine. fine. We're so... doing fine, Oklahoma. <laughs> We're kind of doing okay. It's almost Christmas. <laughs> Give us a break. Yeah. Yeah. Kay. It's the holidays. Nobody's happy. Like, I bought a sweatshirt that says, uh, dead inside, but still jolly AF. And it's <laughs> just a skeleton holding a coffee with a what with a holiday hat on. What? Yeah. It fits my personality. I'm really not jolly, but she's really dead not, inside. Yes. Really, really not jolly. <laughs> I've known her for her whole life. No one. You know what's funny? You know what's funny is I told Travis early in our relationship because we were watching like a Dateline or something back when we only had one TV in the house. Right. And I made him watch true crime stuff Mm -hmm. before he like dropped the bomb on me that he's not into it. (laughs) I feel like that's rude. I feel like it's the same bait and switch that you did with your husband, like going to football Football games games, with him. And then then he put a ring on it and you're like, I hate sports. Um, (laughs) But it's fine. (laughs) Uh, we were watching, like, a Dateline or something, and they, you know how they always describe the victim as, like, everyone loved her and she was a shining light? I was like, I swear to God, if I'm ever murdered, or if I ever go missing or something, and you describe me as a shining fucking light, (laughs) everyone will know you're lying. Everyone will know you're full of shit and you probably murdered me. Yes. I'm just telling you now. Exactly what I was getting ready to say. Like, he did it, (laughs) because you obviously didn't know her. Because if anyone described me as a shining light, people would be like, I'm sorry, are we talking about the same? You, we're talking about Shanna. We're Shanna? <laughs> it's a, okay, this is Shanna. Not a shining light. No. Not, not a sparkle of joy. Not jolly. I mean. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> One more tea drink. Okay, it's fine. Okay, so we are going to talk about today. Yes. Tamara Denise Carter. Okay. All right. I've not heard of this. Nope. Probably a lot of people have not. Unless you were living in Moore, Oklahoma in the early 80s, probably not. Nope, I was not. Okay. So in March of 82... You are a wee baby. I am lot little. Uh-huh. Little bit. You're a wee baby. That's all we're going to say. <laughs> and Tamara Denise Carter is 17 years old. Okay. 
she is attending more high school. Okay. Okay. And this is how her family describes her. A fun-loving, inquisitive girl who laughed a lot and had a great sense of humor. Okay. okay? That is one thing I will say about you when you pass. Yeah. Is your sense of humor. I'm funny. Yeah, you are. I'm just not a light. It's true, but it's fine. I'm not sad about it. I'm honest about it, though. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> she enjoyed barrel racing, awesome. rodeos, rock concerts, and just hanging out with her friends. Nice. She played in her school band and was a rifle twirler her what? junior year. Yeah. When did so, they do away with those? Probably when school started getting shot up would be my guess. I don't know. I feel like it was before know. that. You think? I don't think they had him. They didn't. Well, they didn't have him at our school because we didn't have enough people, probably. But our school used to be big before. When our parents were in school there, it was quite large, actually. They had all yeah, the things. that's fair. In the 60s, 70s. So maybe they had them in the 80s. I don't know. I don't remember ever hearing about it. Yeah, I don't either. They had a lot of things we never got to see. Yeah, that's fair. Small town. So during this time, she has a part-time job at a dry cleaners, Sharps Cleaners in Moore. Okay. Okay. So on March 6th of 82, she headed to her part-time job, just like normal, at the cleaners. And at some point during her shift at the dry cleaners, she was abducted and was later found murdered. Oh, my God. Okay. So police initially thought that the primary motive was robbery. Okay. From the dry cleaners. Okay. Yes. So two days later, so March 8th, is when her body is located in the Little River near Norman. Okay. Okay. Um, and autopsy would show that she was beaten, asphyxiated. Her heart and lungs were punctured. Oh, my God. Yeah. Okay. They thought maybe by a screwdriver Jesus. or something like that. Okay. And two bite marks were left on one of her breasts. Okay. So this was a... Of course, this was, like, shocking to the community. Right. She was very young. Um, One of the reporters from the Oklahoman called it one of the most brutal murders in Oklahoma history. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, not long after her body is recovered, like, news travels like wildfire, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Around here. A man comes forward with some information. And his name is Robert Simmons. Okay. So he contacts the Moore Police Department and says, hey, I was at the dry cleaners just probably before she went missing. And I think I remember seeing a guy or some guys in the dry cleaners. Okay. Okay. And he's like. Asked to come in to the to more PD, and of course he does. And so the more police department asks him whether he could identify the man or men that he saw in the cleaners. And he goes, I doubt it. Okay. Uh, he wasn't a hundred percent sure that he could identify 
what they needed. All right. Okay. Okay. What they needed. Like, so obvious, different, obvious, like larger nose and all those kind of things. What he could remember was like long, darker hair, longish, darker hair. Okay. Okay. And the guy maybe had a coat, maybe some blue jeans. He wasn't 100% sure. Whatever. So he essentially is providing them with a a timeline as to when he was in the cleaners and saying, I may have seen the people that did this. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. I was just going to say, how big was this cleaners? Because was it large? Like a big drag? I think it was probably just a little mom and pop drag yeah, cleaner. Those are not large um, storefronts at all. No. And I mean, I get it when you like recovered memories or whatever yeah. can be very skewed. Mm-hmm. So he could have just been like, hey, honestly, just not even trying to put it together because he knows his mind won't let him. Or, Right. And if you if you asked me two days later, hey, you were in that Walgreens or whatever, picking up a prescription. What did the guy behind you in line look like? Right. Fuck, I don't know. I wouldn't have been looking behind me. Yeah, I'm not looking at people. I don't want to engage with people in public. Never. No. So the next day, this is March the 9th. Okay. So the day that her body is found, he comes forward with this information. The next day, March the 9th, okay. um, he undergoes hypnosis at the Moore police station. All right. Okay. In an attempt to gain more detail around this person or persons. Okay. Okay. Uh, the hypnosis session was not tape recorded. So, um, it seems like they're trying to get, like, very specific details to try to, f- you know, find out who they were in there. Or who who was in there at the time that he was. Mm-hmm. So, in addition to his information, apparently they get some information out of him because he testifies at later trials. Okay. Okay. It doesn't say specifically what this information is, but apparently it is, they're able to get some sort of information out of it. Significant enough. Yep. Okay. So around about the same time, there is another witness that comes forward. Okay. Okay. Her name is Mamie or Mame Jarvis, and she lives in an apartment close to a gentleman named Mike Harmon. Okay. Okay. So after Mamie finds out about the death of Tamara Denise Carter, she calls, uh, she calls more PD immediately and is like, Hey, um, the night of March 6th, I specifically remember seeing Mike Harmon, and he has scratches on his face. He's bleeding from a gash over one eye, and he, like, has an injury that appears to be a bite mark. Okay? 
Okay. And she says, later on that same night when I saw him with abrasions and uh, bleeding and all that, I woke up because I heard dogs fighting outside the apartment. And I specifically hear Mike Harmon talking to someone else about taking a girl down to the river and killing her. What? Okay. So she goes to the police with all that information and they're like, okay, can you kind of like set him up and get some more information, basically? So she's like, yeah, totally. So in the next like day or so, Mike comes to her apartment for some weed. So I assume she was like his neighbor and weed dealer. Okay. Right? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. So he, she says he comes to her apartment for some weed and they're like hanging out and talking. Mm-hmm. Right? Mm-hmm. And some, some thing in the conversation alludes to him saying... I could have told them where Bobby was and that we killed her and took her to the river, but I'm not a snitch and I'm not going to rat on them. Okay? Okay. So first of all, who the fuck is Bobby? Right. Right? And also, he says them. Right. Like there's more than one other person, right? Yes. So... More police are also like, who the fuck is Bobby? <laughs> yeah. Is there another Bobby? <laughs> like, what's happening? Yeah, what's happening here? Um, so who is who are these people? And they're still kind of canvassing the area, talking to people that would have been in the dry cleaners that day, et cetera, et cetera. And they found another witness. Okay. So they're calling them ear witnesses, essentially, because they're hearing these people talk about this crime, right? Got it. Yes. They find another witness, in addition to Mamie Jarvis and Robert Simmons, and his name is Randall Dickerson, Okay. who says about a week before the murder, Randall Dickerson is at a friend's home. Okay. And is also in the company of Mike Harmon. Bobby Standridge and Timothy Rist and Dickerson is standing in the kitchen and hears Mike, Bobby and Timothy Rist talking about needing money and how Mike Harmon says that he knows the cleaners that they could hit to get oh, some cash. Yeah. And a girl named Tammy works there. Oh, okay. Okay. So he comes forward And now they also have this witness saying, like, putting names together. Right. Basically. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So I will remind you, the date of the murder is likely March the 6th when she went missing. Yes. By the first part of April, they had arrested all of these guys. Wow. Like, tracked them down and, and arrested all of them. They had also already arrested and released Timothy Rist. Due to lack of evidence. Okay. Which is the third guy. Right. Okay. Okay. Um, but they kept putting their case together and, you know, moving everything along. And 
in September of 1982, Mike Harmon is tried and is convicted in the murder and sentenced to life. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. The death penalty was on the table, but the jury could not come to a unanimous decision on the death sentence. So they sentenced him to life. Okay. Now, during his trial, there was all of these witnesses testifying in the trial. What they heard, what they saw, et cetera, et cetera. Right. And with that evidence... Plus, there may have been more. Like I said, details are scant. Mm -hmm. With that evidence, after Mike Harmon is committed or convicted in September of 82, Timothy Rist is arrested again. (laughs) Okay. And arraigned for that death again, based upon some evidence that came out at Harmon's trial. Okay. Okay. Got it. So... Just keep, keep, stay with me. Okay. I know it's a clusterfuck. There's lots of. There's a lot of moving parts. It's fine. Yeah. It's a lot of moving parts. It's fine. So he is tried in late 82. Okay. Like they don't fuck around. They just. Let's do this. Cut right to the chase. Right. He is acquitted. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. What? Okay. And the cornerstone of the prosecution's case against Timothy Rist was that hair found on Tamara's body was consistent with Timothy Rist's hair. Okay? So we all know that old song and dance from the mm-hmm. 80s. Hair and fiber was basically everything, right? Right. Yes. Um, so the defense called Timothy Rist's barber. To the stand. Okay. 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 He provided a hair growth chart chronicling wrists haircuts for the past two years. What? First of all, my hairdresser is obviously laying down on the job because I don't think she is keeping a hair log on me at all. I'm just kidding. Jamie's the best. No, she is the best. But I know she has, like, my color combinations in her little book. Yeah, she has a book. So maybe she's, Maybe like, she is. Maybe she's measuring our hair after we leave. Like, to see how long it is. I mean, it sounds a little odd, but... Well, that or was maybe... the whole thing, like, with this barber. Was the barber was like, so I have this growth chart, and... um, Maybe he's just, like, super... <laughs> He was basically like, Timothy Rist's hair could not be as long as that hair that you found on the body because of X, Y, and Z. Heretofore, please see my growth chart. No way. He was. <laughs> no way. He that, was. That, I just. <laughs> the uh, barber, bro. The barber. But. He loves his job. <laughs> He's a very good barber. Yeah. Apparently. Like, I'm going to make sure your hair is growing at its natural rate. Um, <laughs> make sure you're not vitamin deficient right? in some sort of way, I guess. Yeah. The, when I read this, I was kind of going along and I was like, oh, he got acquitted. This sucks. And then I read this and I was like, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> like, um, okay. Oh, like, yeah. Okay. It was, 
loved his job. All right. And I found out. Okay, so you know how we talked a few podcasts ago about Joyce Gilchrist and the Oklahoma City yeah. Crime Lab and all that nonsense and how now we have found out that hair and fiber is mostly unreliable and mm-hmm. <clears throat> all that stuff. Okay, so here's what one of my friends told me. Um, She sent me a message after that episode came out. And she was like, so the reason why defense uh, attorneys mm-hmm. back in the day did not contest um, forensic evidence like they could have or should have, it's because if you... Um, if you had a an attorney that was provided to you by the courts, okay, a yes. public defender, mm-hmm. yep, they did not give you money for your defense for expert witnesses. You got your attorney provided to you, and that's it. So if you wanted to try to contest forensics and stuff like that, you had to try to come out of pocket for those expert yeah. witnesses. That's why. These motherfuckers just called the barber. They weren't, they were just like, oh, you know what? I don't need a forensic hair analysis. I got your barber with a fucking hair chart. Oh my gosh. Do you, can you, can you possibly imagine the conspiracy theories that are going through my brain right now since you told me that tidbit of information? So it's not that way anymore. Okay. And I'm not 100% sure in the of 80s when it, it changed. Was. Okay. But back in the back in those days, that was a real thing. You got an attorney and that was it. You got the attorney provided to you. You got your public defender provided yeah. to you. And if your defense, obviously you're probably indigent. You have to show that you're indigent if you get a public defender provided. Um, but if your defense can't afford um uh, can't afford expert witnesses, yeah. um, you yeah. didn't get expert witnesses. You relied on your defense attorney to either know or not know what the fuck was going on oh with the forensics. God. And if they didn't know, you're kind of like, yeah, shit out of luck. Yes. Yeah. So that's wow. a little tidbit for this as well. Okay. So I'm glad that it's no longer like that. Okay. I. Yeah. Yeah. I'm but. A backpedal on that statement. I just made, thank God. Okay. That's why when we talked about. Royal Russell Long and like his defense counsel being on it and contesting um, forensics, he may have been paying for his own defense. Yeah. He may not have had a public defender. So, yeah. Anyway. Wow. Yeah. So, like I said, these people didn't even opt for like the forensics expert yeah. witness. They just rolled with the barber. And the barber was believable enough to be like, yep, I've got this fucking chart and here's... The chart, man. The chart. <laughs> Dude, I, I don't I'm know. obsessed with it right yeah. now. Like, I need to know. <laughs> I was like, uh, can I... Because there's no photos of, like, this guy going over a chart and quarter or anything like that. So I was just like, I need to know what this chart consisted what of. What does it mean? <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, <laughs> literally... The barber is like, that's not his hair. It can't be because it's too long. Mm-hmm. And 
um, the jury felt that the hair was the only piece of actual physical evidence that would have put him at the scene. And they were like, no go. Oh, wow. Yeah. So they acquitted him. Um, Tamara's family was extremely ex- upset, which yeah. that's to be expected. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and another piece of important information that came out at both Harmon's trial and Riss' trial is that no fingerprints were found in the cleaners that tie them to the cleaners at all. In addition to that, no money was ever taken from the cleaners. So robbery, you know, they're they're mm-hmm. trying to spin the story that these guys concocted a robbery plan and took her. Yes. In addition to doing the robbery and there was no robbery. Right. So, anywho, in the early part of 1983, this is all done two trials by the end of 82. And this murder happened in March of 82. Yeah. So, in the early part of 83, they put Bobby Joe Standridge on trial for the murder. And he was convicted. Okay. Okay. Same evidence. (laughs) Okay. Same eyewitness testimony. Jesus. Ear witness testimony. Yeah. I mean, same... Same information used to convict two people, and the third one is acquitted. That's insane. Yeah. So <clears throat> it should be where the story ends, but it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um, in 85, Michael Harmon filed an appeal on his conviction. Okay. And one of the items that was specifically mentioned in the appeal was that the original witness, Robert Simmons was hypnotized and therefore his testimony should not have been admissible into the trial. Right. Which we also saw with Royal Russell Long and yep. uh, Cinda and Charlotte. Yep. Um, so, yeah. So, actually, now that I'm reading it, I'm just now seeing this. Royal Russell Long was tried in 85, right? Yes. And this was 85 Okay, so the appeals court agreed, and they overturned his conviction. Oh, wow. And released him. Oh, wow. Um, soon after, uh, Mike Harmon was, like, later days Oklahoma and peaced out back home to California. Yeah. Was like, uh, bye. I don't blame him. So after this happened... um. Tamara's family and Moore Police Department were like, we will be filing new charges. We will, you know, it's only a matter of time before we have more evidence, et cetera, et cetera. Um, And they said that about both Michael Harmon and Timothy Rist, that, you know, it's only a matter of time and these guys will be back on trial. We know we have the right guys, Um, all that stuff. They have never been charged again, but Bobby Joe Standridge is still in prison. Oh, my God. Yeah. So I don't know. Like, I'm not here to make a decision either mm-hmm. way. Um, and again, there is so little actual information. Like, the majority of the information that I got for this came from... Michael Harmon's appeal documents. Oh, wow. Like, the appeal that he 
sent to the the appeals court. Oh wow! Um, because there's just so little information, so I have no idea if they had um, like some concrete evidence for Bobby Joe Standridge or whatever. Um, it doesn't really seem like they did DNA, like if they had DNA in the bite marks, because, you know, she had two bite marks on right. one of her breasts. Right. Um, if there was any DNA that they could get out of that, I don't know. Um, well, this being done in 82, when did they introduce rubber gloves on police officers? Because I don't think it yeah. was. I don't think that happened in 82, so I don't think any... I don't know um, if that was, like, a standard procedure or not back Right, then. and any, like, um, preserving a crime scene type of situation. Yeah. Yeah. For DNA purposes, yeah. right? Because um, they had, like, they had, like, a forensic uh, dentist right. testifying that the bite marks were consistent. I think that was in Bobby Joe Standridge's trial that they had uh, the forensic dentist testify that the bite marks were consistent in his trial so that might have been their evidence but like now we know that bite marks are very 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 um questionable as well and so i'm kind of just like i don't know i i truly don't know it's bananas and it's (sighs) the family in the interviews that the family gave, they seemed very confident and very sure that these guys were the guys. Yeah. Um. So, obviously, there's more information than what we're privy to. Right. Um. But they have never filed charges on the other two again. And... Bobby Joe Standridge is still in prison and will be for the rest of his life. Right. Um, so I'm kind of like, it's possible that Harmon got off on the technicality of the, you know, the technicality of of the ear witness hypnosis. or the eyewitnesses hypnosis. Yeah. Um, there were other things that they spelled out in the appeals document um like he didn't agree with Mamie Jarvis's um description he was like i was never outside at night talking to someone like that so i don't know where she would have gotten that information or it it was just different stuff like that um they appealed based upon several different factors mm-hmm. but the appeals court agreed and wow. overturned his conviction, which we know doesn't mm-hmm. happen a whole lot here in Oklahoma. Nope. So, um, and that was back in 85. That was before any of this forensics thing, like any of this forensics drama went down in the Oklahoma city, uh, crime lab and the Oklahoma city crime lab didn't process any of this, but, um, right. it was before any of that drama. So, I'm kind of like, uh, I don't know I, where I land on this yeah, I at all. Yeah, it is. <laughs> it is um, pretty peculiar. Yeah, and it's very 
shocking to me that a 17-year-old girl is brutally murdered, brutally murdered, and there is no information on it. Right. So I don't know if that was just a thing back in the day where they – because Moore was a relatively small town at that time, Mm -hmm. small city. True. Um, Is it possible they just didn't want to – sensationalize anything for the you know for the family right um or Or not release that information because they didn't have or because to me i'm like you're you're saying in the trial you're telling people in the trial we have no fingerprints that put these guys inside the dry cleaners at all but then when wrist was acquitted at his trial, the mom of Tamara Carter um, speaks to the media and she says the reason why he was acquitted is because juries aren't allowed to know all the actual evidence. And I'm like, what? What else do they have? What? You know? So she's alluding to the fact that there were things not admitted into evidence. Yeah. 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 That would have tied him to the crime, mm-hmm. but they only decided to rely on his hair evidence at the trial, essentially, mm-hmm. and his barber shot that shit yeah, down. like, nope. So I'm kind of like, what else was there? Because you would think if they didn't admit it into evidence at the first trial and they didn't allude to it during trial, yeah. it would still be considered new evidence right. if you're true charging him again. True. But they never did. And he actually wound up suing them, suing the Moore Police Department. Oh, damn. Because he said he was beaten and strong-armed when he was in custody. So I don't know whatever came of that. I didn't see any sort of documentation about a settlement or anything like that. But he was very vocal about the fact that, like, their error error, quote-unquote, in picking him up for this murder not only caused him physical bodily harm, Mm -hmm. but essentially ruined his life. Right. Yeah. And so I'm kind of like, ooh. And then Harmon, like I said, went back to California. Went back to his hometown in California. So... That's so crazy. Yeah. So this woman's, unless Bobby Joe Standridge is the one lone murderer. Right. This girl's murder has not been solved. Wow. Has not been fully adjudicated, I would say. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's kind of, it's twisty and turny. And the memory of Tamara Carter, a 17-year-old, gets lost in the fact that these guys were arrested and tried and rearrested, yeah. and, you know, um, and in all the post-conviction appeals and whatnot. But yeah, it's sad. crazy town. That and I had so never crazy. heard of it until I started doing this. Yeah, I hadn't either. That's Murdered crazy. Women Data Project and looking at what was happening in different years in different counties and... There, I'm going to show it to you. I have a spreadsheet. 
You'll love it. Um, I'm going to do a pivot table here in a minute. It's yeah. going to be crazy. Yes. Um, <laughs> we're going to get wild with it uh, and see what we can see in, see if we can see any trends in Oklahoma crimes against women over the years. That would be awesome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good job, Shan. I really liked that. Yeah. I'm sad that there wasn't a better resolution because I know you love a resolution. I but... do. I do love a resolution. <laughs> like, I really, cold cases are really hard for me, but well, um, I know they're just as important as the solved ones, if not more important. So, you know. But reading this, so what I was going to say earlier, and I scrolled out, but um, Royal Russell Long was yes. tried in 85. Okay. Right? Yes. Later 85, like September, maybe. Okay. I'll have to go back and check my notes. Yeah. Anyway, um, if that judge, because we came down pretty hard on that judge being a asshat. Right. But if that judge knew about the findings in this appeals case uh, in in Harmon's appeal, uh-huh. where he was contesting the fact that this witness was hypnotized and shouldn't have been admitted and they overturned his conviction on that appeal, mm. that judge, which we talked about before, but that judge may have been, like, hedging his bets and saying, we're not going to get a conviction right. with a hypnotized witness. I'm not going to allow it just to head off that ability, if they were able to convict him, to head off that ability for him to get his conviction overturned yep. after, yep. you know. So, That's true. I don't know. Maybe play devil's advocate for one minute for that judge. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. I don't know. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Just a thought. Yeah. Possibly. <laughs> Just a thought. Potentially. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Anyway. I like that. I like that story a lot. And yeah. I'm glad you're doing all this analysis on missing. We'll see where it leads. Murdered women in Oklahoma. We'll yeah. see where it leads. I would love to see where it leads. And I would love to see your pivot tables. I've sent some I've sent some requests to some different agencies. So I'm going to see so if they'll give me something on these colder cases. Yes. And maybe, who knows, maybe one, we might get to like, shit, I don't know, solve a crime fuck like who knows oh my god or two we may have enough data and information to do a whole podcast series on I'm like just missing yeah missing women. or murdered oh okay, i haven't dug into awesome. i haven't even began to dug into missing and murdered indigenous women in oklahoma because that is a whole data set that i can't even right don't even know where to start with right no we would need information tribal information yeah federal right. information yeah yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah anyway so coming awesome. soon hashtag maybe maybe potentially maybe hashtag maybe coming soon okay okay thanks shan <laughs> thanks shy <laughs> if you've enjoyed this episode or you're just really optimistic that we'll only get better from here like, subscribe, follow You're Doing Fine Oklahoma on your favorite podcast app. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at You're Doing Fine OK Pod. That's 
you are underscore doing underscore fine underscore okay underscore pod.